In my life, I don't need to, or I don't, I'm not sure which it is, ask for help from spirit that often because I feel this gratitude that I already have received so much in my life and that I continue to receive so much and that spirit knows way better than me what to do and that if I continue to work on practicing love and service in whatever form I feel I can do it best, then I am working with spirit and co-creating with spirit. And so for Welcome to the Inner Sanctum online group sessions with Karen Swain. This recording is some highlights from our two to three hour online sessions where I teach deliberate creation each week and once and sometimes twice a month we invite a guest teacher to share their wisdom and their work. Enjoy the highlights and if you'd like to join us please go to karenswain.com slash inner sanctum and sign up. Hello and welcome to the Inner Sanctum Sessions with our very special guest teacher this week, Tannis Helliwell. Welcome, Tannis. Welcome, welcome, welcome to me, to you, to everyone. <laughs> On our, with our online tribe and we've got um, three Canadians in the room today, a couple of Americans waiting for some Aussies to join us. But yeah, it's, it's Canada Day today. <laughs> For, for the inner sanctum for people that haven't seen um, my conversation with Tanis when did we speak on the show how long ago was that uh at the beginning of the year I can't remember yes I, I think I think so in fact I've been on with you a few times um I was on with you just you and I, just you and I but uh, we also did the um uh Mr Daniels program yeah, the Higher yes. Self Expo. Tannis was one, yes. one of the speakers in the Higher Self Expo. And yes. uh, we had a little live online chat for that for about 15 minutes on Facebook and YouTube before the expo. Let me tell people who don't know about Tannis, amazing, amazing life. Tannis Helliwell is a leading edge psychotherapist well known for working to heal physical, emotional and mental traumas and patterns who has taught her techniques internationally to groups of psychiatrists, physicians, psychotherapists, as well as the general public. She's the founder of the International Institute for Transformation, Center for Higher Learning, IIT, which offers programs to assist individuals to become conscious creators and work with the spiritual laws governing our world. Tanis has seen and heard elementals angels, master teachers in high dimensions since she was a child. She is the author of many books and an international speaker. She has presented at many conferences across the world, was a faculty member on the Banff Centre for Leadership for over 20 years and has taught and trained in the corporate world and been a consultant to business, universities, medical organisation and government. You haven't done really too much, Tennis, have you? 
<laughs> and I'm older than I look. <laughs> you actually look great. I was just thinking about that before we came on. But um, which website would you like to share with people? Because you've got a few, but you've got a new one. Oh, oh yeah. Please share the new one, Karen, because um, we've cancelled uh, the other one you would have had from before. So it's myspiritualtransformation.com would be the best one for folks to uh, go to because that's where we're doing all of our postings right now and all of our uh, Zoom courses and our retreats and things. Myspiritualtransformation.com. Okay. Yes. Right. Thanks, Beautiful. Karen. Thank you. I know. And I think we've had a couple of uh, another few people join us. So let's talk about, let's talk about, uh, we did this on the show, but just a little bit of your journey um, as, as someone that was aware and psychic as a child, and I suspect a young adult, in a world that didn't really understand that, because, you know, I just see today the world waking up to our powers of um, intuition, psychic ability. And, uh, but when, well, you know, when you were young, you would have seemed very strange to many people, I suspect. Um, I think that I passed as normal. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Well, that's what I think. Who knows? But my parents, um, my parents had a hardware store and there's nothing more normal than a, hard, a mom and pop hardware store where they sell dishes and paints and screws and nails. And my brother and I always had to work in the store. And um, my mom had psychic gifts as well, but she never, ever spoke about it. In fact, she used to hide it. And um, I remember, the, you know, once this man came into the store and uh, he said, and she said to him right off, he walked in the door, oh, you're looking for a foil roasting pan. And he said, how did you know? And she did not admit that she knew. She said, oh, I was just cleaning them. Well, she had not been cleaning them. And... Um, so I realized by looking at her and the way that she handled these things um, that we were not ever supposed to talk about it. And she never talked about it with me. Um, my brother had uh, psychic gifts um, and I never found out about that until, um, until we were in our mid-30s when his his uh, wife said to him, um, why don't you read Tannis's palm? <laughs> what? You read palms? Oh, no, I, oh, I don't. He said, she said, well, you do, you do, Mark. And then, then she said, he said, I only read people who have got certain lights around their heads that tell me that I'm supposed to help them. And so he was seeing auras and my brother didn't ever talk about anything, do anything, um, read any books um, on any of this. So it was a big secret big in secret. my family. How old was he when he said that? When he, he was in his mid-30s. Oh, okay. And, and he said that he only reads people 
who he see, that he, when he sees auras around their head. Is that what he said? Yeah, and that he's supposed to help them. Oh, okay. So that was an indication that, okay, you're supposed to, wow. You know, Tanis, as you're speaking, I'm, I'm, when people speak, I get Netflix movies going through my head and <laughs> I'm thinking about, wouldn't it be great if somebody made a Netflix, you know, a movie, a television series about all the amazing psychic people that have been here on earth, like the ET souls and the higher master souls that have disguised themselves as normal human beings. <laughs> <laughs> And had these extraordinary, well, they're not extraordinary, I have to change that, have had these abilities that we all have, that, but they've had access to them. They, they haven't been deactivated in their DNA, these abilities to see and know and hear and see the elemental kingdoms and the angel kingdoms and communicate with spirit guides. Uh, yeah, it's a bit like, what's that movie that they make about the children? in the big castles that are like extra special children, they have these special abilities, but Hollywood sort of makes it like they can breathe fire or, you know, do all this, you know, like Hollywood, but, um, but it's actually a reality on our earth that, to, that mm. when I've spoken to so many people across the years that have had these abilities. So as a child, how did it, how did it look for you to have these abilities to speak with, um, to see through the veil and speak with other dimensions? Well, I, as I said, Karen, I couldn't even speak <clears throat> to my mom about it. I couldn't speak to my family about it. So I, I hid everything, even in my own family as a child. And, um, and we were taught to be seen and not heard, not in a bad way. Um, not like uh, shut up and stay and sit in the corner, not like that, but it was um, um, implicit understanding that you should soft pedal and um, and not really be too obvious or too visible. And actually, this is a Canadian characteristic. Um, Canadians often like to be under the radar. Um, you know, be the compromiser, don't stand out. I'm sure that the Canadians who are on our program right now will be identifying with what I'm saying. And, um, and so I don't think it an accident I was born in the country I was in. I was meant to be raised like that. And I think that everybody gets to be born in exactly the country that they need to be born in um, at the right time um, to learn the lessons. And, and so I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Yeah, but you spent time in Ireland too, though, didn't you? Oh, I, I did myself, but not my family. I mean, uh. my... My parents, um, my parents never even had a vacation until they were in their 50s. Wow. And then my, my brother who worked in the store, um, he won a one-week trip to Switzerland at a hardware convention, and he gave it to my mom and dad. Wow. So how old were you when you decided you needed to um, expand your abilities and look into them and use them? in order to help humanity? Um, I think that that is a, a layered question, actually. 
if people were to think about their lives, I think very few of us ever get um, some, you know, blinding thing that mm. happens and they think, right, I'm supposed, you know, I'm no longer supposed to do that. I'm supposed to do this. So for me, it was that as a, a teenager, when I finished high school, um, my best friends in high school were all going to university. And, and so I followed I followed them. Um, I had no goals to go to university myself. My parents had not done this. Nobody in my entire family has ever done this. Not even my nephews, not even my the younger generation has done this. So this was very unusual to go to university. And I didn't know what to take and graduated with a general BA. Um, in English and psychology, and then, and then, you know, the doors to become an airline stewardess, which was what I wanted to be because my mom wanted it. <laughs> the doors got shut to that, so because I was too short, <laughs> and so I couldn't become an airline stewardess. And my dad wanted me to be a secretary, but I couldn't type, so. <laughs> So the doors to their dreams closed. And so that's when I traveled around the world. I thought, okay, I'm 21 years old. I'm going to hitchhike around Europe and Africa and the Iron Curtain countries. And I'm going to see how other people live. But the idea was to have fun. And because I couldn't think of what else to do. And when I was 18, I, I um, almost died. But I think I told you that on your last program, Karen. If, if I didn't, I, I, I almost died anyway. I had one of these near-death experiences on a ski toe, you know, hanging by my scarf, you know, and having everything flash in front of me. But when that happened... When this happened, um, all time stopped, and I, I knew I had a choice to either die or, or to uh, live, but I knew if I died that this would be devastating for my family, but I heard clearly, if you choose to live, you will not be able to do your work till you're 28. So... I had some years to put in. So I traveled around the world, then I went back to university, I did a master's, I became a high school teacher. I started leading people in past life regressions when I was 28 years old, and I became a management consultant. Yeah. You know, you did so much work in the corporate world. You had a huge career in the corporate world. Uh, what was it that made you see that the way that we create our reality, like that our negative thoughts are, are creating people's traumas? I think that's a big aha wake-up call for anyone, anyone in this world, because most people feel, you know, victimised by life. And they, they feel like, that, you know, they're not in control of what's happening to them in their life and that they have to, you know, be upset about it or be depressed or 
what was that aha moment when you really witnessed how our thoughts create our reality? Um, I think people, some people do really well in school and they can consume all the theory in um, textbooks and wonderful, you know, wonderful that, that they can do that. But I was lousy at doing that. Um, uh, and for me, it, everything me has too. always come to me. Yeah. Yeah. It, is it the same for you? Yeah, yeah, completely dyslexic. You know, I had uh, Lorna, <laughs> Lorna Byrne on the show, who's a, uh, where is she from? I think she's from Ireland or Scotland. I can't remember. I get them. Who, who was completely dyslexic as well, really severely. I wasn't that severely dyslexic. Uh, and she, they just said that she was stupid and put her in a corner and didn't teach her. But she had the angels talking to her all the time, telling her all the answers to everything. You know, all the information that she knew came to her from her guides and angels. Does, does that happen to you as well? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And by by observing, we were talking just a few minutes ago about about how in my family um, you had to be seen and not heard. Well, mm. if you're be doing that, you become a really good observer. Yeah. You so you are observing people all the time and you're looking at what motivates them, what are they going for? Um, how, how is their life? Um, what's working for them in their life? Uh, what choices do they make in relationships? Um, uh, what are their gifts? So I was always looking, yes. That is a key, Tannis. That is absolutely key. Let me put myself back on the screen. <laughs> People that do get lost in intellectual study and do have their noses in books are not observing the outer world. And the outer world, people's behavior, people's energy, that's what teaches us, right? So if you take your head out of the book and you just you just observe people. Actually, the more you observe people, the more you're fascinated about people, the more you start to tune into expanding your psychic abilities. Like that's that's what I found anyway. How about you? Yeah. And also it develops your emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. So um, so I I think that and it's our emotional intelligence that actually actually allows us to succeed in the world right. when you go to school you succeed if you've got high iq and and you can do rote book learning and um and and people think oh well that will allow me to succeed in the real world after i finish but that is very erroneous it's high eq that allows people to succeed emotional intelligence absolutely yeah you know um i don't think yannette is online our other canadian uh but she is actually involved in education and in, in in a job that is um puts programs into schools and she's very switched on she's very in tune but i just i just feel so passionate about seeing what you teach and what i teach and what many teachers across the world teach being an integral part of our educational system, you know, to, to have children remember and expand their intuitive, psychic, emotional intelligence and their intuitive abilities. How do you feel about that? 
totally totally uh of course they don't teach spiritual intelligence in right. uh, in school um and that is unfortunate that is really unfortunate um in our school system um they they get as far as teaching life skills now which is um you know, <laughs> can you pay your bills or something something like that um but um and and i think it's very important to be practical and i am i'm very commonsensical i'm very practical um and i try to ground everything spiritual in physical reality and that's why i write books because they're in the physical reality and they've got exercises in them so people can can go out and do these and and manifest down here but life skills although that's important that only covers this very small little bandwidth uh, down here of how to function as a as a person in the third dimensional reality and it doesn't do anything with helping the person um, define find out their connection to spirit and the higher frequencies um, so I think that this is uh, badly missing in our school system and teaching teaching kids to use their intuition and their creativity in all sorts of ways not just you know now you're going to take your 30-minute art class or now you're going to do your 30-minute music class but how can we be creative with our destiny absolutely hallelujah I was talking to a group of people the other day. Uh, somebody asked me to come and talk about deliberate creation to many people that have had to quit their jobs because they wouldn't uh, follow the mandates that are happening in our country and all the all the employees. The 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 Cho directions were that if you had more than 100 employees, you had to force them to um, have the vaccination and if they didn't comply then they ha you had to sack them so many people have decided to um, leave their jobs and they're in that transition stage so somebody asked me to come and speak to them and I was speaking to mainly a group of you know some were spiritual some weren't so, and I went there Tannis I just went there and they were totally up for it they were totally on board i was so surprised at how they took on the information i shared with them because it was really yeah it's really about our spiritual life more than our physical life you know they're thinking how can i manifest stuff and really the really the whole thing finished on all the stuff you don't actually want any of the stuff what you're looking for is the is the feeling the fulfillment uh, and you know get that and all the stuff is there, like everything, jobs and everything like that. It was really amazing how they took it on. But what do you feel is the most important thing that people need to know as we go through this huge transition in this world at the moment? Well, I think that you've just, you've just nailed it. That if people f f find that um, they, they listen to their own conscience, um, you know, they listen to their heart, their own conscience, their own inner guidance, and 
learn to trust that. And I don't think you go from being totally non-trusting to totally trusting overnight. Yeah. I think it's this gradual process as the more we listen to our intuition, our higher self, whatever you want to call it, the stronger becomes our trust in ourself, which is the same as trusting God mm -hmm. or trusting um, the nature, mm -hmm. nature, which is a manifestation of the divine, really. Mm -hmm. And we are manifestations of the divine. So the more we develop this intuition, which you're talking about in your setting or in high school or elementary school, then we develop this incredible, it's um, an authenticity. And it's an authenticity which um, gives great courage. It gives courage to stand alone if need be, um, even when others do not agree with you. Absolutely. Doesn't it really? You've just hit the nail on the head because we met yesterday morning because as I said to you, we normally meet on a Sunday. So I said to the tribe, you know, let's let's have a chat because it's the normal time we meet. And this was exactly what we were talking about, wasn't it, Brad? You know, and Sherry, yeah, Shirley, yeah, standing, standing in that trust, standing in your power, standing in your power, knowing who you are and what's capable, what you're capable of gives you courage to do anything you want, even when everybody else tells you you're wrong, you're mad, you're crazy, you're woo-woo, whatever. It doesn't matter what anybody... No, it doesn't. No. And, and it's funny because we draw to us um, allies. Right. And um, allies could be people who agree with us and you know we're hoping they were going to meet others like us right. but you know what the allies can also be people who don't agree with us yes. but they are open for discussion right and i think all of us have got to keep our minds open right now because i don't think anybody it has got all the answers. I think we're in a time of incredible chaos. And, you know, some people may have this much of the answer and others have got this much of the answer. Um, and we've got to just keep on listening and yes. listening to each other and each other's expertise. Absolutely. I totally, totally agree. Yeah. People are, are very, very split on this particular issue right now. Gotcha. And um, I, I have never seen people as split as, as they are currently. And um, I think that some people are very, um, very fearful very, very, very fearful. And um, ultimately, um, when we're that fearful, it, they're afraid of, you know, getting infected. Um, and why? Because they're afraid that they may die. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we can't go through life um, always thinking of death and that we can in any way avoid it. I mean, if, if someone has a cold and, um, and 
they say, oh, I have a cold. Maybe you don't want to come visit me right now. I would probably, sen being sensible, say, thank you. Thank you very much. And I will see you after you finish your cold, right? <laughs> now, this is just common sense. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I, I'm not going to avoid seeing half the world. <laughs> Yeah, I, ha yes. I have. I have to yes. say, my yes, my, my stance has always been when people say, "Oh, don't hug me, don't kiss me, I've got a cold, and I don't want to give it to you." I always say, um, "I don't condone that. I don't believe in that. I'm going to hug you and kiss you anyway, because I understand that I'm the creator of my reality. If I yeah. take on your germs, then my body will deal with it in the way it'll deal with it according to how I flow my energy." And yes. If my immune system is strong, it'll deal with it absolutely perfectly. So I don't buy into any of that fear and never have, you know. And yes. what's really interesting is my friend who's a teacher um, who really wasn't up for the mandates, but her, her school insisted that she get vaccinated. So she got vaccinated. But before she was vaccinated, her, her family wouldn't let her over to their house, wouldn't let her enter the house, wouldn't let her see her new, her new nephew. Uh, and all this silliness was going on. And then she got vaccinated. And then her friends that didn't get vaccinated are ostracizing her as much as the ones. She said, I can't I win. I don't get vaccinated. I, I get ostracized. I do get vaccinated. I get ostracized. Anyway, she was sitting here in my house telling me this. And I just looked at her and I said, I know what a crazy world we're living in right now, right? Yeah, it's true. And um, I'm not into ostracizing anybody. Right. And um, because if it weren't for COVID, it would be something else. Um, yeah. it, but what it is, is that we've come to the time in our world where everything that humanity has created over the millennia, um, all of the thought forms, good and bad, are are in are getting through getting through the higher cosmic vibration that that our earth is rising to so i believe that the earth is evolving to be a conscious planet and that we being cells in the body of the earth are also evolving we have to evolve to be conscious human beings guardians of the earth but what this means is is our frequency is is now moving because the earth is moving to a higher frequency and in this astral frequency you know so yes we look physical blah blah but we all know we're 99 percent ether anyway although we don't believe it but we are so in this astral frequency we have now come into the lower astral and what is that if you read any mystical literature it's the hell realms so we have come into the lower realms that we have to go through in order to continue our evolution and that means we have to transmute all of the karma the negative karma the wars the rapes the greeds um, all of them that we've created and people are overwhelmed 
um, you know, the environmental um, imperative in our world has been put on the back burner to deal with COVID. Well, how can we put the environmental imperative on the back burner? Like what, 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 what? <laughs> it's like, let's destroy everybody, put the environmental imperative on the back burner. So it's like people are seeing, you know, just one step ahead. They are not seeing the long-range implications of the decisions that they are making right now because they are so based in fear. Absolutely. Uh, I loved what you said just then about the hell realms. So the, hell, the lower astral, the hell realms, are the energetic vortices, vibrational experiences that people in third density have created through their negative experiences and then thought forms and hatred and revenge and torture and and all that energy has created these astral realms which you can experience in or you know out of body and some people do when they leave their body when they die and therefore say yes there is a hell but they just pass through they pass through that experience right uh, as they leave their body and and move on and so what, what you're saying is that as Earth is, is ascending, moving through bandwidths of frequency, we've, is it a fourth dimensional experience, these hell, hell realms? Yes, yes. And, um, and so this is why people are so split. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, 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 what you're talking about, the people who are vaccinated won't associate with the ones who aren't and the ones who who are aren't vaccinated don't want to associate with the ones that are because they're going to get the spike protein it's like oh my god and it's it's all these hell realms um of you know um i'm a christian you're a muslim you're bad i'm good um <laughs> whatever you're a witch i am a whatever you know it's it's like the um the us's and the thems mm -hmm. this is all this lower frequency stuff that has always created wars right exactly well what can we as light workers do or light weavers what can we do to help the fear that is um that seemingly is looking like it's amplified here on earth and um and that energy what can we do to help transmute and alleviate that energy the them and us i think ultimately it uh, um it comes down like i I've, I've just finished doing an ancestor and family healing three-month retreat for folks wow. and um and so that was one of the things i was doing and in january i'm starting a spiritual ancestors retreat where we work on this vertical and clearing this. Mm -hmm. So the family, um, the fa ancestor and family was this bandwidth. Now I'm in January, I'm working on this bandwidth with, with people, whoever wants to come to the retreat. So that's one of the things that I'm personally doing is, is trying to help people that way. 
Um, but I think another way, Karen, is just what you said when, you know, a few minutes ago about going and speaking to folks and or surely saying, um, do I have enough courage to just speak my truth? So I think that ultimately, you know, it comes down to live our lives in truth to to not to speak it to be congruent so that we we speak what we're thinking and we act on it it's congruence yes i totally agree something that some people have difficulty yes. with this is um this is an ancestral thought form that you're speaking about karen and this is this is why i'm doing all this ancestor work because these lives, these patterns are really in our cellular memory. Mm -hmm. um, and depending on what happened in our lives, in, in all of our past lives, and um, were we the Puritan or were we the witch, right? We're... <laughs> Where, where were we on this? We may find ourselves um, experiencing these thought forms in a different way, in yeah. a different way. However, ultimately, I believe that each of us has been a victim, each of us has been a persecutor, and each of us has been a rescuer. So that there's nothing new under the sun. The sun. You know, this is <laughs> absolutely, you know, yeah. And we've, and as, but, but what it is, is just let's not any of us be uh, self righteous about it mm -hmm. or uh, think we have the answer because I keep on feeling that the answer is evolving. Mm. And it's not just the answer to, um, you know, the needle or not the needle and what lies behind it or, you know, um, or, I mean, because there's gradations in that as well. You know, um, it's, it's sort of like people can say, well, I'm a Christian. Well, then there's a Catholic Christian, an Anglican Christian, and a Pentecostal Christian. And so you almost have to find out what kind of Christian they are to have some idea of, of, of how they are going to uh, approach a different spiritual question. And this is us what, where I think we're kind of at right now is like um, it, everything is just all being jumbled up. Yeah. And, and we have to be um, so humble in how much do we, um, how much do we really know and um, I've, you know, I, I don't know. And, and, and also, um, some people could say, I, I've had people who've said 
to me. Um, you know, I don't, I don't believe in the vaccine, but I'm going to get it anyway because I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to go to restaurants. Um, and I, I, so I'm going to get it anyway. And so they make a decision based on other factors rather than their belief in it. It's what it's um, in Canada now we have a passport and if you if you have if you have had your two vaccinations you get to have this passport that will allow you to get on a plane and if you haven't you can't even get on a plane now in Canada yep <laughs> yep it's all going on down here too it's all happening down under yeah, yeah, it's all happening down under. But, you know, the thing is with all of this is what I'm watching is I'm watching people um, in the spiritual community or, or the conscious community who have been love and light, you know, turn into these angry activists, which is their right. But yeah. um, at the same time, as crazy as all this stuff is, and it is crazy and it doesn't make sense, like I've had people on the a show that have been very up for the whole mandates and the whole vaccine thing. It's like very, you know, happy with it and excited about it. And then they've had a total change of, you know, change of thought. And I asked one of them, like, what changed your mind? And he said two questions because he was a pilot and he, and he was, um, you know, uh, flying planes and he was responsible for a lot of people and he's in his sixties. And he said, you know, I, I, I need to keep my health because I don't want to pass out and like crash the plane and kill and kill a lot of people. So two questions, what's in it and is it safe? And he said, when, when I asked those two questions, he went down a rabbit hole that didn't take, he did not, there was no answers for those questions. So he started, he said, mm. I smell a rat in the cheese factory. But yeah, and it just, <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I, it's all happening I feel like it's all a part of the ascension. It's all a part of yes. how do you wake people up? It has to be, it has to not make sense. It has to be crazy. It just, yes. I was at a march a couple of weeks ago, and I know I'm repeating myself because I've said this many times in this group. And I was taking a photograph of a woman who had a sign on her back said, don't call me an anti-vaxxer, call me a Mrs. Doubt Pfizer, which was funny <laughs> And as I'm taking the photograph, this little young Muslim mother, she had her hijab on, you know, looked up at me because I turned around, looked at her and I'm standing there and she's talking to me and it just, she was the voice of the people. I felt like she was, there was like a hundred thousand people there. And that one voice was the voice of the majority of them. She said, I'm all for vaccines. I've vaccinated my, all my kids and I'm vaccinated. I'm not against vaccines. She said, but when they started mandating us, she said, that's what I couldn't agree with that. I could not agree with being forced to do something and taking my choice away. How? And then she started rambling on about, I don't want my children growing up in a world where they're forced to do something medical. And she started, and I just felt like I heard the voice of the people in that moment. Yeah. And I've got shivers when you say it. Yeah. And it's like the craziness of what's happening is waking people up because she would have blindly taken, you know, done all the vaccines for the rest of her life but once they start forcing you it's like why are they forcing me 
hang on, I smell a rat in the cheese factory. So it's all happening for us, really. It's happening to wake us up out of this collective hypnosis, just following the crowd and starting to think. You're right. And it may be um, some people may wake up, as you're saying, because they don't agree. They believe in free will. They believe in free choice, free will, and they are um, resisting because of that. Others are resisting because of vaccinating children. Yes, that's waking so many people up. That I mean, that's yeah. that's when the crowds went from you know a few hundred to thousands, like the the marching yeah. crowds. I mean, when as soon as they rolled out the children's, that's when people went. No, like they said, I'll, I'll take it, you know, to keep my job, I'll take it. That's fine. I don't have to ask what's in it. And is it dangerous? Like I'll blindly take it and, and just to keep my job or go to the bubble. But now that you want to do, put it in my children, now I need to know what's in it. Like what's in it? Is, is it dangerous? Like that's yes. <laughs> what are you saying here, Shirley? Let me change the yeah, view. When we're a witness to our distortion or our negative or stressful thoughts, when we have awareness, we have the opportunity to change it. But if we're unaware of who we're being in that moment, if we can't witness it, then we mm-hmm. feel controlled by our emotions, right? I've seen my brother in fits of rage, and it's like he is possessed. Somebody was asking me a question online this morning. What's the difference between a walk-in and then possession? But when people are in their negative, stressful thoughts, like the worry or their frustration or their anger, it's like they're not aware of who they're being in that moment and they're completely possessed by the the emotional frequency, don't you think? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's very important. Uh, Eckhart Tolle uh, talked about it um, as being um, the witness. Um, I call it the observer. It Mm -hmm. is the the same thing. And what that witness or the observer is, is our soul. That is our higher self. And it is objective. Um, it's, It's objective. It's not condemning. It's not judging um it's it's merely observing it and and giving you a space a pause um and in that pause you can make a different choice and often i do sometimes i'll i'll find myself in my self pity and that is my that is my go to favorite place self pity and um so I'll find myself in my self-pity. Ah, poor me, poor me. me. And then all of a sudden, I'll start laughing. Yes. I'll start laughing at at myself. And sometimes I'm just doing it by myself. And sometimes I'm I'm doing it with my partner, you know, and and, and I'll, I'll just start laughing because it's it's funny it's It's like it's like a television sitcom I do that all the time (laughs) you'll hear just popping off camera I do that all the time because I'm living alone at the moment and sometimes when I'm watching something on television I'll be critical of it and I'll say something critical and then I'll have a complete laugh at myself and it's like (laughs) I think to myself if anybody's listening to me they you know here I am talking to myself and laughing at myself for being so critical and I know it's hilarious it's hilarious, but I never feel alone. <laughs> uh, 
Um, we can be too hard on ourselves and not ask enough for help. This is, in, in, in addition to my self-pity, I have, sometimes I realize um, I'm not actually asking for help enough, but it, you, it, it, now when I ask for help though, it's very important that if I ask for help, I do not have an attachment to the result. Mm. That, that, that I, mm. I actually, it's clean and it's clear. This is what I would like, but if this is not convenient for you, that's fine. But it, but to just ask and stand up and ask, but non-conditional. Mm. That's key to tennis. You know, I'd like to get into the elemental world because you, you mentioned before that as we're going through this, you know, current world crisis that we've pushed aside any, um, you know, talk about cleaning up the environment because we're all dealing with the pandemic. What, have the, what has the elemental world been communicating to you about us as humans here and what we're doing, you know, with, with Mother Gaia? Um, exactly what we talked about uh, with the weather systems and the change in weather systems. Mm -hmm. um, a, a, along with the various thought forms that are coming back to haunt us that humans have created, we're also getting the karma that we created with not nice treatment of our environment being takers rather than givers uh, not working in harmony mm -hmm. with with the world so um so the elementals are putting it in our face yeah they're putting it in our face and they're ramping it up they're ramping up the environmental difficulties and um, problems that we've created to get to a point where there will be enough people saying, no, no, I, I will not have a car that, I won't have four cars. I will not uh, have a car that isn't, um, you know, solar based or something or, and where will they put their money? This is also another thing. Um, I remember for 30 years, I have put my money, my invest, investments mm -hmm. into ethical growth funds. Mm -hmm. And for 25 years, they never made any money, mm -hmm. right? Because once again, I'm ahead of my time, Yeah, right? I'm ahead of my time. But it, it comes down to where you put your money is you walk and your talk. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do, are you walking your talk? Are you recycling? You know, are you... Um, standing up for the environment and in what ways? Yeah. You know, they did have the big uh, conference on the environment recently. Do you trust the governments to actually steward? Uh, no. No. No, um, not at all, because I don't trust our own prime minister. Mm. 
he will go whoever leans on him most and wherever he gets his funding from, which is business. Mm. How can you trust um, any leader of a country? And I don't care if he's, you know, he is he's supposed to be liberal. And I don't care if he's liberal, conservative, green, or new democratic. I, I don't care what party he belongs to. I'm talking about him as a leader, as, as being someone who I feel I can trust. So, um, so, and I have to say, that our political system around the world is overall not every political leader of course but overall it is as corrupt as big business oh absolutely it is big business it is big business yeah. you know when we start to govern our world based on the stewardship of the it's the best for all of us united, including the animals and the, and the planet, instead of it being about money, being about I business. Know. It's like all, all politicians talk about is the economy and money and money and money and money and money and money. I know. It's I just, know. It's the business. Well, that's because our gross national product is all based on growth. Growth. Well, <laughs> like how how much how much have we grown this year duh you know <laughs> who cares i know this money hypnosis we're under a money hypnosis this whole money thing so what could we do as people for anyone watching this what can we do to help i don't know to help shift and transform this world so that we do find governance that is more in alignment with the well-being of all and um, not about business and and how can we help apart from recycling and buying uh, electric cars <laughs> how can we be um, working with mother Gaia and and, and helping her um, evolve I suppose helping us and her evolve well, I think that the um, ultimate problem that is causing um, all the issues that we've been discussing, whether it is that um, our politicians follow the money or big business follow the money, and this is the only way of judging success, whether we talk about um, vaccine or no vaccine um, and people being fear-based, it all comes down to the very same issue. Mm -hmm. And the issue is separation. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that each person feels I am a separate entity. This is the ego speaking. I am a separate entity and I have to look after myself. Right. No one is going to ever look after me. So I've got to make as much money as I can. I have to get as many needles as I can to protect myself against others. Um, I have to, it, it's all based on feeling separate. And so the, it is the original sin. Right. And the word sin actually means error. It was, a, it was a word that came out of archery and 
sin was the amount of error that an archer would have so that the arrow would not hit the mark. So the error is that we feel separate from the earth. We feel separate from others. We feel separate from the divine. And it all started with our feeling that we are separate from from the universal consciousness, our creator, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, separate from love. Yes. Yeah. I, so um, this is where we have to start. And, yeah. and, and, and Karen, I think that most people would agree that, that love is the answer. In theory, in theory, people would say, I want to be a loving mother, father, child. I want to be a good teacher and do good by my students. I, I want to, uh, you know, I want to be a good person, which means I want to be a loving person. So in theory, people have got it, but it's not entered there it's not gone down far enough <laughs> so that they're actually practicing it that it gets so strong that their lives are dedicated to service to all yeah mm -hmm. what would love do now you know, I want to tell you a little bit of a story about the word sin. There was a pagan goddess before the churches were formed that was, her name was Sinna, the pagan goddess of Sinna, and her, she represented the feminine qualities, intuition, creativity, the mother, the moon. And when the church was forming and, and, and writing their rules and regulations and, and creating their dogmatic beliefs, they actually used her name sin they used the name sin from the goddess sinner which represented the feminine principle they they damned it and made it like if you go against the church or if you go against god you're a sinner you're oh a sinner. perfect isn't that perfect so perfect a few of us a few girls went we went on a bit of a trip up to see there are glyphs here in australia just outside of sydney the um, Egyptian hieroglyphic glyphs in, a, in stone in, in the bush uh, that were put there by ETs, I suspect. Anyway, we went for a bit of a road trip to see them one day and we were all talking about this and we thought we would reclaim, we would reclaim the word sin and um, we called ourselves the sinner sisters, you know, meaning, you know, reclaiming that word and instead of making it about how it, you know, goes against God, it was actually the expansion of the feminine principle, the intuition, creativity, the nurturer, the mother, the psychic, the, the witch, the healer. Yeah, so we, we call ourselves the Wonderful. sinner sisters. Isn't that amazing? But yeah, it's, it's incredible. Perfect. It's incredible how when you look into the, when how words are formed, where they come from, you know, and, and how it's all been orchestrated to sort of dumb down our powers of creation and feeling, as you were saying, Tanis, that orchestrated to keep us feeling separate, separate from our power, separate from love, separate from God, separate from each other, the earth, the animals, the cosmos, you know, like to keep us perpetuating the separateness. Um, and then if you feel separate and alone, then there is this 
overwhelming feeling to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. I need to protect myself from um, when, you know, when I get old, I need to protect myself by having money or protect myself from a deadly disease that can hurt me or kill me. So this whole idea of protection is based in fear, isn't it? And separation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, and and so um, as we said, the answer ultimately is love, but it's it's not just love for our fellow human beings. It's which is a nice start, but it's <laughs> it's going for a walk every day, um, and 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 feeling love for the air and love for the um, the trees and and love for the soil and growing your own vegetables it's if we reconnect with the earth if we actually get get reconnected um, to the earth we start to i think move into this harmony again of wholeness um and and not feel separate yeah not feel that yeah absolutely you know as i'm as i'm visualizing you talking about you know getting in connected to the earth like putting your hands in the soil and getting dirty and letting all those microbiome all those microbes in the earth all those bacteria and viruses and all that stuff that lives inside guy like smearing it all over yourself and that is actually being one with the microbiome organism of this world and instead of like we again fear-based principles have been every shop I walk into they've got a sanitizer you know sanitize your hands wash your hands wash your hands sanitize sanitize like we're in this war against the the community this trillions and trillions and trillions of points of consciousness that is the microbiome of this of our body and the earth instead Mm -hmm. of being one with it i mean this is really what what we're looking at at the moment with this virus that can hurt us it's like maybe the virus is helping us clear out yeah yeah um i i think i think it all is helping i think the environmental um emergencies and how the earth has upped the ante on things i i think that um the virus i think i think that um we were talking about how individuals are um going to the lower chakras of fear um and and so are organizations. Yeah. This is why, um, you know, the organizations who are doing inoculations and big pharma and all of these kinds of things have are working together with the governments um, to try to control everything. But it's it's the same thing that's happening with individuals is happening with these large institutions. Exactly. And yep. it's all based on fear. Yep. yep. Um, yep. So, so it's, you know, anything that is based on fear cannot ultimately succeed. Exactly. Is this a big topic of conversation amongst your community? Are they sort of all talking about, you know, the current circumstances or are they more interested in, in you know, alleviating their negative thought forms and expanding their psychic abilities and stuff like that? 
Well, I have two different communities, mm -hmm. as we all do. In fact, we have many communities, don't we? Just yeah. many. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so my community online, um, I would say half of the people who follow me are vaccinated. I've asked, you know, some of the people who've been studying with me for 20 years, um, they come right out and tell me, right? So half of them are vaccinated and half of them are not. And of the ones that are vaccinated, um, I would say that half of those, um, you know, are adamant that this is the only way to go. And of the ones who are not vaccinated, I'd say half of those are adamant. <laughs> so I, it's very interesting. It's very split. It, yeah. It's very interesting um, in the the spirit in my spiritual work. Um, but what they all say that they like about our group or any group I'm ever doing is this feeling of community. Yeah. And that everybody has a free choice and free will to make their own decision. Yeah. So everyone is talks continually about this sense of community and you don't get pushed out depending on your choices. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is really important at this time. Really it is very, isn't it? It's it's because ultimately we're all human beings and um, we're all doing the best we can um, with the information that we are hearing because people hear different information depending on their frequency, depending on their woundings, their traumas, um, you know, who they believe. And, and so not, you know, we're all getting different information through our filters. Absolutely. And what I've found is, and I feel quite compassionate about this because I felt the same. You know, my guides have said to me that as the light turns up on planet Earth, it is revealing the distortion for the distortion to be seen and witnessed and therefore, like like we what like we witness our own distortion within our like our criticism, like when we witness it with that place of awareness, witnessing it from a divine awareness, then do we have any hope of transmuting it? Like without awareness, it cannot, you know, go. We have to be aware of it. And so it's the same with what's happening on planet Earth as the distortion is being witnessed. And we can only when we can witness it from that divine awareness can it be uh, transmuted or um, resolved or dissolved. Or and what so many people don't want to do is they don't want to see. They just they don't want to see that there is this corruption in this world. That there is this. I mean, they're just like oh, I. I can't. I can't even believe that this is. This is true that governments aren't, you know, you know, doing it for our best interest and that there are pedophiles in the world and that many of them are people in government or judges, that the people that we put our trust in, you know, heads of police and heads of governments and stuff like that could actually be doing these terrible things. It's like they can't even go there. They can't even imagine it. 
which I understand because you don't want to like your worldview just shatters when you see the true corruption in this world. Yeah, yeah. And people, um, it's like um, a lot of people are still um, in a more uh, childlike state. Mm -hmm. And um, they they're more dependent on authorities Mm -hmm. to help them with their values, Mm -hmm. whether that is their spiritual values or Mm -hmm. their values on how to be safe or uh, successful in the world. And, um, And as soon as you start questioning this, it's like a domino effect. Absolutely. And their ego knows it. Their ego knows that as soon as they start, it's a domino effect and it is just too scary. And because they don't feel that they have the answer. And and this is the whole thing about people want to live in um, uh, a world where there is no change, where mm. it everything is known. Humans don't do very well with the unknown. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I you know, know, we don't do very well with the unknown. But, but you know, a, a lot of, yeah. <laughs> and and um, and it makes us very insecure. So if we're going to, you know, leave this position to go to this position, we want to make sure that we have the plan all laid out. And that is, you know, there's a rope, maybe a chain that is going to connect us. And to just, you know, come into this void, this void of not knowing it's incredibly scary because it isn't just going against the government and our political leaders Uh, you know it's i won't have any friends my children won't come to visit me um i'm gonna lose my job um, just think of the implications of it. It is terrifying what the implications are as they witness what is happening to people who do not follow the um, the plan. It's like an animal, um, like birds, for example. If there is a if there's a weak little bird that's been that's been born in a nest, the other little birds are going to push it out of the nest and get rid of it. And um, people who um, step outside of the norm whatever the norm is, people who step outside, they are in danger of being gotten rid of, right? So no, it's this animal instinct. I've got to be part of the safe group, the majority. 
yes, humanity is free falling at the moment. We are all free falling, like the bird that's been pushed out. We're free falling. <laughs> and I think the wisdom to all of this, Tannis, is to enjoy the fall. Like enjoy the free. The enjoy. Deepak Chopra would say, the wisdom of uncertainty. You know, like the wisdom <laughs> of uncertainty. Nothing is certain. Nothing is clear. Nothing is planned nothing you know that's how I live my life like I turn up for these shows like I'll book people in so that's clear that you're coming to speak or you're coming to meet us and talk to us but nothing is planned nothing is certain I'm just free falling through life free falling and trusting the divine to you know show me the way like just that try it comes down to that trust that your guides and your angels and your masters they're the ones with the plan you can be the one free falling through this physical life right just free fall like mm -hmm. yeah we are free falling there's a song i think there's a song like that in my life i don't well i don't need to or i don't i'm not sure which it is ask for help from spirit that often because i I feel this gratitude that I already am, have received so much in my life and that I continue to receive so much and that spirit knows way better than me what to do and that if I continue to work on practicing love and service in whatever form I feel I can do it best, um, then I am working with spirit and co-creating with spirit. And so for me, um, I have more difficulty asking people for help um, and staying completely non-attached to whether they give it or not. Um, and so that is my particular learning curve right now. Perfect. I think that it was in the book's conversation with God, I might be wrong, um, that Jesus, when he were, was going to perform a healing, he didn't ask God for healing he would thank God knowing that the healing had already happened. So in that gratitude, in that thankfulness, that is actually an affirmation, a statement. It's not like, please bring me help. It's like, I know that help is there. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you for the help. Yeah, that's, the, that's more being more deliberate in shifting your vibration around asking. Um, it's just moving from questioning to knowing isn't it really from uh, yeah. just what you're saying you don't ask because you just know that you'll be guided completely it's it's really what exactly what you're saying yes and even when um we're talking about the free falling and the not knowing to even know that that is perfect yeah it's perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's like I say, it's the way I um, live my life. I'm free falling through life. This is great. Thank you. I did wonder how many of the so-called humans I know are the stuff of other elemental beings 
Are there many humans here who are actually from the elementals? Does this question make sense? Yeah. Shirley, you want to ask that question of Tannis? Like leprechaun? I, it blew me away <laughs> to think about this. Yes. Um, I've, I've written a book called Hybrids, So You Think You're Human. And it's about 22 possible kinds of hybrids that you could be, like that any human could be. And there's about seven or eight kind of elementals that I talk about. But there are also hybrids like angels and dragons and dolphin hybrids and um, oh, the, you know, 22 different kinds. And, um, and in, in this upcoming course in the spiritual ancestors, one third of the course is devoted to this, to help people look at their hybrid ancestry. Um, so that, and why do I, why do I work that into an ancestor course? It's because it's part of us. It's part of our genetic makeup. And if we're really talking about authenticity, we have to own all of what we are. So somebody could be part angelic, for example, and the qualities that that an angel has are quite different than the qualities an elemental has. And so rather than trying to learn how to be like somebody else, why don't we just focus on how to be fully ourselves and realize that we are all evolving here on the earth. I mean, now, and in, the, in that book on hybrids, by the way, I look at myths all around the world and I look at scientific evidence all around the world to show that these two reinforce each other that, that that there are actual hybrids here and that hybrids are even being created right now. Hmm. Um, you know, we're having now, for example, as the polar bear, polar bears are, their habitat is being destroyed in Canada with the, the ice melting. And so they are, um, becoming more extinct they're going that way but the grizzly bears have moved now into the polar bear habitat uh, so that these two separate bears are now hybridizing they're now there and they're so so that's one example that's happening right now so it's not like this happened three million years ago and since then it's not it's going on currently yeah beautiful um what about dragon energy seems to be a big topic of conversation of late do you want to talk to us about your understanding of dragon energy well i think one of the reasons that it is a big conversation is that um the uh the great cosmic dragon that oversees the birth of all conscious, all conscious worlds has come closer to the earth 
to witness the birth of the earth. So in Chinese mythology, you have the dragon curled around the, um, you know, like this, curl, curled around the world. And that is exactly what is happening. And so um, I've seen this great cosmic dragon here to help with the birth of the earth. So that's why children are you're wanting to talk about dragons more. That is why there are movies coming out about dragons, more books and science fiction being written about dragons. It's because people are picking this up on other levels about dragons and their importance currently. And dragons um, are able to hold all four elements. They breathe fire, they live in water, they also live in caves, which is earth, and they fly in air. So they are a being of all four elements. So that's just a little tidbit on dragons. Oh, we could do a whole show on dragons. Um, you know, I, had I know that in another one of my books, High Beings of Hawaii, which is my latest published book, but, you know, I've got another one coming out in two months now, another book, Good Morning Henry. But that latest published one, um, The High Beings of Hawaii, and the subtitle is um, Encounters with Mystical Ancestors. In that book... Um, I discover that I have two Hawaiian ancestors through my mother's lineage. I have a water dragon and the, um, the Amakua, which is the Hawaiian name for ancestor, uh, the, my Amakua on my mother's side is a mo'o, a water dragon. And on my father's side, my Amakua, is Peli, uh, who is is fire, and um, so the water dragon's energy is especially strong on Kauai, which is considered to be the highest spiritual island by the Hawaiians, and and Peli is the newest island, and that is the fire. Now, <clears throat> in the Hawaiian legends, the two fight. But my mom and dad didn't fight. And I thought, isn't this funny that I ha hold both energies, the water dragon and the fire of Peli, and they were enemies. And I asked um, Kimokeo, a friend of mine, a Hawaiian uh, elder, and, um, and, and what it is is that my mom and dad had a wonderful marriage, but my father, he was the, um, the boss. And they worked as partners in the hardware store, and she had the homeware section, and he had the hardware section, and they kept to their own sections. <laughs> and so they respected each other's talents and abilities in in the section and so my mother would subtly get her way 
but by charm rather than by standing up, where my father was more the outspoken stand up, and then my mother would go around, and it would end up be like that. Interesting, eh? There's a beautiful um, uh, scene in the movie My Big Fat Brick Wedding where the mother is counselling her daughter because the father is being overbearing and, um, you know, no, you have to do what I say. I'm the boss of the family. And the mother is saying to the daughter, you know, your father might be the head of the family, but I am the neck and the neck can turn the head. (laughs) (laughs) Fabulous. Well, it is wonderful. I I mean, I think of my my dad had what I consider to be the best of milk, what we traditionally think of as yang qualities. Yeah. He was honest. He was honest. He was uh, hardworking. He was outspoken, but he he was fair. Um he 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 was fair he had great integrity and my mother was charming loving compassionate so they so i was extremely lucky yeah that i had parents who modeled the best of both qualities yeah what i consider to be the best you know, I think that um, listening to you talk about the dragons embody all the four elements, even though, you know, we speak about them as the water dragon and the fire dragon, they're really embodying the elements. I think that the incoming souls or the that will be the children and then eventually the adults are coming in with that embodiment, like that, that embodiment of the f- having the, all, you know, all the elements online, you know, not, not, not rooted in one element, but having that synergy of all of them, don't you think? And that's maybe oh, what the yes. what the um, correlation is between her, her working as a dragon with dragon energies and then communicating with in, incoming souls. Yeah, yeah. There's there's many correlations there. I think. Oh, but, good. That well, that was very interesting. It really that whole uh, topic you introduced um it really took me on a journey into my life thank you (laughs) well mediums can talk to any point of you know consciousness beyond this veil i suppose whether they're incoming or outgoing or spirits or angels or elements i mean the you know it's it's access all areas really it's just that we compartmentalize them you've spoken about a few of your courses that you've got coming up Um, Do you want to just tell people about what you've got on offer? Um, The the next uh, online retreat, which is we're going to be on Zoom, and it goes on for 10 weeks, and it's on uh, spiritual ancestors and healing. And so um, this divided into three modules, and the first module is our past lives. And looking at a significant past life and to find out how any woundings or traumas that we might have experienced then is living through us currently. And also any of the people that we knew then 
how are the relationships with those in our lives currently? Because I've discovered that we do incarnate in group pods. And so we often know our mother, our father, our friends, our spouses, and to better understand our relationships now and the issues that we're facing or the gifts we have, it's really lovely to be able to to experience a past life. And I've also discovered that often we created the issue that we are facing, our core issue in this life, we actually created it in a past life. So that's the first module. And then the second module is in our hybrids and finding out what kind of hybrid we are um, living in this human body, these one of these 22 um, kinds of hybrids, angel, dragon, elemental, and, um, and to find out if that's the case, what are the gifts of that hybrid? And how do, rather than going against the flow, why not manifest through your gift and honor it, honor what that is? And the third part is our soul ancestor. And what that is, is that our, we've had many lives and our soul has had many lives here. But often, in fact, I think always, we have great beings who are helping our soul. And there may be one or two great beings that have been with our soul for eons. And who is this? And what are they working on helping us develop? And how to heal any traumas that we have. So it's our soul ancestor. And that could be a Jesus, uh, but that could be, or it could be a Krishna. It could be a mother. It could be a, a Tara, a Mother Mary, white calf, white buffalo calf woman. It could be whatever. And what are the dates of these workshops, Tannis? Oh, it starts um, in late January after Christmas. We've already got 36 people registered, which is really nice. Wonderful. And there are people from all over the world. And um, so we... You know, we have a talk one week where I do my thing and it's recorded for folks and we have guided visualizations and a workbook. And then the second week, we have a community chat where people get to talk in small groups of five um, around um, what they found out about their past lives or their hybrid and what that means for them. So they work with a small group and I'm there as a participant and I may be in their group, who knows, I'm a participant. And then the third group, they, we come, I come back and um, I do the, the guided visualizations and the meditations to help them heal and we have a Q&A so that people can ask questions. Perfect, sounds brilliant. And what times do you put them on? What, what? Uh... We, we always do them on Thursdays at 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah, in Vancouver morning, 11 yeah. o'clock Vancouver morning, which in, we've already got somebody registered from New Zealand, I know, by the way. 
Well, that's um, the middle of the night for us. That, I know. Um, yeah. I know. So she's, or he or she is very keen to do it. So she probably, it's like midnight or something. Um, but it will all be recorded, uh, Karen. So yeah. they'll get they'll they'll get the the videos and the meditations and all those yeah. kinds of things. But um, but it will be hard for the uh, group the group program. You know, I do know that. Yeah, yeah. I think the group the group discussion is so um, rich. Where, yeah, rich. It's where you get. Yeah, we've had a very quiet group today, a small group and a quiet group. But Tanis, thank you so much for coming to chat with us today. And your courses sound amazing. Oh, and you're doing great work, Karen. You really are doing wonderful work. Um, and uh, thank you so much for all you're doing for the world. And oh, thank you. Thank you for being here in this world. You know, having your presence here is, is um, all worth it. Thank you. Yeah, um, is just wonderful. And thanks for coming on to share your wisdom and your stories with us today. It's been so beautiful. And I hope you can get that walk in. So what time I is it now? One, two, three. Yeah, you can still get your afternoon walk in. The yeah, I, I'm going to go put on my shoes and I'm out the door. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tannis. Thank you. Thank so you. Yeah, Thank it was wonderful. You. Big Thank love you. to you. Okay. <laughs> Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye, Bye for now. It was great to be here.